Happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday, June 7th, 2019, and if you're listening to this, as always, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. Never more so than today, as I'm a little bit late in recording this podcast because my wife and I spent an hour on the phone with our travel agent this morning moving our next Jamaica trip up by a full 13 months. So, um... Awesome, great, we're going to have a vacation again in six months That's going to be fabulous My wife left the house with rock hard nipples So she's happy as a clam Uh, I I got her floating floating on a cloud like a butterfly For the next couple of days minimum Knowing that she is 13 months closer to getting her ass back Into a Jamaican beach chair So uh, everybody, margarita up today It is definitely called for And it's not raining which is awesome. First podcast I've done in the last, I think, 87 years in which it hasn't been rating. All right, let's do the birthdays of the day before we get into what the hell's been going on this week. All right, happy birthday to Susan Blow, Jessica Tandy, Dean Martin, Tom Jones, Liam Neeson, Mick Foley, Bill Hader, Michael Sarah, and Prince. In honor of Prince's birthday, today's song of the day is going to be Let's Go Crazy. Uh, A couple of quick reminders like I do every week for the people that are finding me for the first time. Reminder number one, this podcast is not recorded in a studio. It's not edited and mixed professionally. It's done on my phone wherever I happen to be. So you're going to hear background noises. It's meant to be that way. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting the shit. My landscape contractor literally just pulled up to the house. You might hear his his mower in the background faintly. My dogs might bark. You're going to hear that. It's, it's, It's supposed to be real, okay? Reminder number two, I have music at different points in every episode that you cannot hear unless you're listening on an anchor platform. I have an intro song, I have a song at the end of the podcast, and then there's a song that takes us into the birthdays. Uh, You have to go to anchor.fm on your laptop or download the free anchor app. You can listen to my show free, you get the full show, dozens of other podcasts, go check out anchor. And the last uh, reminder I give you every week is, uh, if you can, swing by the website, TomPowellJr.com. That's TomPowellJr.com for all things Powell Entertainment. Uh, But most specifically, um, for a link on where you can buy my first book, which is entitled The Grateful Life, The Life Story of a Husband, Father, and Taco-Loving Deadhead. It is available in paperback and ebook formats at that website. Okay, today is National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, so celebrate accordingly by getting yourself a fat bowl of chocolate ice cream. Now, this is the part of every episode in which I say, now, what's been going on this week? And I get into the weird and odd stories that crept up during the course of the week, and I give you my take on those stories, which is what we're going to do in just a moment after I get past one serious story this week. That serious story being... That we are now 75 years removed from D-Day. The anniversary of D-Day was this past week. 75 years since the Allied troops stormed the beaches in northern France. It was an an invasion for the ages. It was an invasion that saw 1,200 airplanes make an aerial assault prior to 5,000 ocean-going vessels bringing 120,000 troops aboard the first day. They would be followed by 2 
million troops by August. It was, and still is, one of the most aggressive and successful, while also being one of the deadliest, campaigns in world history. And unlike many wars that you can have an issue with for one reason or another, this was done to preserve the very freedom of the world. And those young men literally ran into machine gun fire in such numbers that the enemy simply couldn't slaughter them all. That is a level of courage and balls that I will never know. And for anybody across the spectrum to talk about anything being brave, that is the bar, that is the gold standard right there. You know, people say, uh, you know, it's brave for a comedian to get up on stage, or it's, it's brave for uh, a teacher to take a stand, or it's brave for... You, you want to know what brave is? Brave is racing into almost certain death and winning. That is some... They were badass in a way that this world may never know again. It, unbelievable to think about that. Hey, we're going to take you aboard or up onto a heavily guarded, heavily secured beach in which hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of machine gun nests have a tactical advantage to slaughter you before you even get out of the boat. And the only way we're going to be able to pull this off is by throwing enough waves at them that they can't get all of you before you get to them. So a lot of you are going to die. And they actually went and did it. And some might say, well, you know what? They were in the military. They were following orders. They had no choice. Yes, that's true. But at the end of the day, even following an order, you still have to convince your brain to physically carry out the act of running into machine gun fire. And I just don't know that I could do it the way that those boys did it. So I... My entire family and everybody I know forever salute you and are forever indebted to you. There is, I, I get to get on my phone and make dumbass comments into a, into a podcast recording every Friday because of you. My wife gets to move her vacation up 13 months because of you. None of that happens without what you did, period. Which is why I've said in the past and I tell people now, it doesn't... I'm not asking you to pick up a veteran's lunch tab every time you're out to lunch. I'm not asking you to help a veteran Christmas shop every year. While those, while those things would be nice, all I'm saying is you see one of those guys walking through the mall or the airport or wherever you happen to may be. You're, he's at the gas pump next to you, and he's got on one of those hats that clearly identify that he was in some type of military conflict or just served in the military in general. It doesn't cost you a dime to wake up, walk up to that gentleman and just shake his hand and say thank you. That's all you got to do. I'm telling you, I do it all the time. And 99 times out of 100, those guys are just grateful as hell to have somebody walk up and shake their hands. So it doesn't cost you a dime. Just do it. You saw the reason why. Go back and watch all the footage from World War II, Vietnam, Korea. Balls on a level we'll never understand. A handshake is the least you can do. All right. I normally don't get that serious on the podcast unless I'm talking about the legalization of marijuana. So I apologize for getting a little serious early on a Friday, but we're going to get into some of the weird stuff that's been going on. I did want to talk about the freedoms that we are granted by the people that do things like run into machine gun fire. 
Okay? That's all. You know, with those freedoms, we get to have fun. I got to ha- have fun this past week. I got to go. Tis the season for graduation parties, right? We got one coming up. We, we've been going to a couple of them, family ones, friends ones. This past week, we went to a graduation party uh, for our friend Dawn and Pat, their oldest daughter, Bella, graduated. She's on her way to Northwestern in the fall. Congratulations, Bella. Congratulations, Dawn and Pat. Nice party. Thank you for inviting us. But the greatest thing about that party was we got to meet a group of women in Dawn's kitchen that is affectionately referred to as the Real Housewives of Morse. That would be Morse, Illinois, for all you folks listening in Germany, Italy, England. Uh, hello in the Netherlands to Mia. Uh, I know there's somebody in Japan. I got one in China. And then, of course, in all the various states across the country. Uh, we're talking about uh, Morris, Illinois, southwest suburb of Chicago. I got to meet the Real Housewives of Morris, and it was a laugh fest throughout the whole thing. And I suggested that they start their own podcast, and I'm here to tell you, if they do decide to get their own podcast off the ground, then the whole podcast game changes because these women are funny. They're going to have you laughing. They don't even need to come up with a fucking topic, Okay. I'm, I'm telling you, the perfect podcast for this group of women would be literally to put a laptop in the middle of the table with the podcast recording software running, have a microphone run to each one of them, and just let them sit there and talk about bullshit for an hour and a half to two hours. And trust me, the material flows. So if anybody from the, 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 the Real Housewives of Morris happened to catch this podcast this week, do it. Go to anchor.fm download the free anchor app and follow the instructions on how to start a podcast it's that simple it is that simple and get it off the ground you guys will love it i'll listen to it but yeah i i hope they do so that you guys could uh could see the real or listen to in any way shape or form the real housewives of morris they would be as famous in morris as the rock of roselle is in roselle and if you don't know what the rock of roselle is you guys got to go check it out. The Rock of Roselle, uh, there's a Facebook page for it called The Rock of Roselle. Um, it, it is literally a rock, a boulder that is depressed into the ground, so only you know several inches of the top of the boulder is showing. It's in a, a, a landscaped area that has a, a, a concrete curb around it in a parking lot in some strip mall in the northwest suburb of Roselle, Illinois. But for some ungod-known reason, God-unknown reason, sorry, everybody cuts the corner too soon, runs over the concrete curb, and they get their car stuck on top of this boulder. It's the weirdest thing you'll ever see in your life. And it's like every week it claims a new victim. And there's a, there's a Facebook page dedicated to it that whenever people are in Roselle and they happen to see somebody that got stuck on the rock of Roselle, it, it makes its way to the Facebook page within a matter of hours, and it's freaking hilarious. The Rock of Roselle, that's R-O-S-E-L-L-E. you got to check it out. Whoever started that fucking page is a genius. I love it. You guys are awesome. Go check out The Rock of Roselle. It's a Northwest Chicago suburban legend, the Rock of Roselle. And no offense to anybody who actually gets stuck on the rock, but, I mean, you can kind of understand why people are getting their their cars stuck on top of a boulder in a landscaped area 
that everybody in town knows claims cars on a weekly basis. You, you know that by listening to this podcast for any amount of time and listening to the stupidity that's on display in this world. And no offense to you guys that are going to listen up in Roselle, but come on, you got to know by now, you, you, you got to stop being stupid, stop getting stuck on, stuck on the rock. But as it happens every week, there's a reason why we have stupidity. I mean, think about this for just a moment. People go, like, I, I sit there and I say, uh, how are you still getting stuck on the damn rock that everybody knows about? Well, here could be a good indicator as to why we still have it. Do you know that 2% of the United States population believes that chocolate milk comes from brown cows? That is a statistical fact, folks. Now you're saying, well, 2% is a low number. Yes, 2% is a low percentage number. But put that in the, in the perspective of the U.S. population. 2% of the U.S. population, that equates to 6.5 million Americans walking among us who think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Looks a little differently. You say it, it's 2%, you go, ah, it's not that much. You say it's 6.5 million just in this country. That's not worldwide. That's U.S. You, get, you think about six and a half million people think that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. You are not in the least bit surprised. Not in the least bit surprised that people get, keep getting stuck on some damn rock in a parking lot in Roselle, Illinois. I wouldn't be surprised if these people, these, these, these chocolate milk come from brown cow people, are the same people that are out there making the new fashions like crop tops for men famous. I mean, that's that level of stupid right there. And yes, that's a real thing. Look that up as well. I go and I try and verify everything that I, that I say into this podcast before I, I tell you guys that it's a new story. Apparently, crop tops for men are a fashion statement for 2019. I don't give a shit what you do with your life. You want to wear it, fine. But just understand that you, we have a right to say that you're an idiot. If you're, out, if you're wearing a crop top. Under the armpits, across the top of the nips, midriff, shirts for men. No. 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 And no. You hear my dogs barking, right? See, a little bit of background noise. Never heard anybody. My landscapers are out there taking care of the lawn. Just please stop at the crop tops. In all honesty, if you're wearing a crop top, if you're... Let me just put this as kindly as I possibly can. If you're somebody who believes the chocolate milk comes from brown cows and you're walking around society today in a, in a, in a man's crop top, then I hope you get your nuts stuck in a chair. And yeah, I said that. And how did I come up with that? Why do you hope that? Well, because that's another story that occurred this week. And I hope that it applies to you someday. You crop top wearing, not knowing where chocolate milk coming, comes from, asshole. There is a story about a man who got his nuts stuck in a chair. And I hope you're next. So let's get into that story real quick. <clears throat> I think you're going to know the store that sold this once I tell you the, na- the guy's name. But the, a gentleman by the name of Klaus Jorstad from Alta, Norway, bought a chair from, wait for it, 
Ikea. Pause the story for a moment. If you don't know anything about me and my past with Ikea, then you don't know that I absolutely freaking despise Ikea. I will not spend a dime in Ikea. And if my wife comes to me, which has happened, and said, we need this piece of furniture, but it comes from Ikea, I sit back and go, you got a phone? Call it in. I ain't, I, not happening. Not happening. With all due respect to Ikea, you got a business, you're going to do what you do, you, you do. I've had some bad experiences in some Ikeas, and fuck that shit. This is yet another reason why never to shop at Ikea. This gentleman <clears throat> bought a little stool so that he could sit in, sit on while he was taking a shower. He had an injury and he needed like a shower stool. And Ikea sells this little orange plastic shower stool. And as shower stools do, they have holes in the chair, the top of the chair, for water to flow out of. Well, this gentleman got into the shower and his personal veg fell through one of the holes and the hot water made the nuts expand. No shit, I'm reading you a true story. Made the nuts expand once they were through the hole and he couldn't pull the boys back through the portal. Now, ladies, you might listen to this and go, wow, that sounds painful. But with all due respect, while there are plenty of stories for ladies, you need to sit down for a minute because this is a guy thing. Because every guy that is listening to this podcast at this point in time is going, Yeah, let me repeat that. His nuts fell through the hole of a chair, expanded from the heat in the shower, and couldn't come back out. So now... Klaus is stuck in his shower with an injury and his nuts stuck through an Ikea chair. The only way he got out is because he was in the shower long enough. No shit on my children's lives. Go look this shit up. He was in the shower long enough that the water got cold again. His nuts shrank up and he was able to slip back out. Welcome to Ouchtown, bro. Population you. No. So, A, if you have a shower chair from any store that has holes in it, I don't know, maybe put a towel over that bitch or something. But I, I can tell you right now, I never even thought that that was an option, but apparently it is. And I'm not going to have my nuts stuck in any chair, let alone a chair from Ikea of all places. Hell no. Now, when I look at all that stupidity, I may be off base on the next one. There may be some of you out there that disagree with me. But when I look at men's crop top wearing nuts stuck in a chair wearing don't know where chocolate milk comes from people, I think that those are the kind of people that the next story would apply to. And I've been told in some circles that I'm actually wrong to a degree. It appears as if several states have this ordinance or this law on the books, but Oregon has become the next state to do so, or the latest state to do so, and that is legalizing uh, the consumption of roadkill. 
I had to read that three times when I read that. Roadkill. Now, I've been told that if somebody hits a deer with a car, or a beaver with a car, whatever it is that they hit with their car, and the animal is fresh, that it's not unheard of for them to be able to say, all right, well, it's technically like a hunting kill. I want to take it with me. And I guess I'm not talking about that instance whatsoever. But from what I can gather, when you legalize the right to consume roadkill, it's any roadkill. And in some states, you got some fucking twisted-ass people that just go out and, uh, oh, look, somebody hit a deer on the side of the road. How long has it been there? I don't know. But throw it in the back of the truck. No. How? Once again, I'm clipping down the road, midnight, it's dark, I didn't see the deer, I hit a deer, which I've done several times in my life. It's like a fresh kill. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I'm driving down the road on some 85 degree August day, some backcountry road, and I come across a bloated deer carcass. Who looks at that and goes, well, that's dinner for a month. What are you, what are you, what are you doing? That's a, I say this about a lot of things, okay? A lot of things. But that is going to be a hard pass for me. Hard pass. That. I would have to only consider that if and when the zombie apocalypse was upon us. That's the only instance in which I can see myself bellying up to some God knows how old it is roadkill. Guys, you don't need to eat roadkill, okay? Don't, don't put yourself through that, okay? We have plenty of eateries all around. There are fast food places. You can get something cheap. Most of them have dollar menus. There are, eat- there are restaurants. There are entire buildings dedicated to selling you food. You don't need to eat roadkill. Head yourself over to one of these fast food joints. Get yourself a little something cheap. Head over to KFC. KFC has a new product. I was just telling my wife about it last night. Excuse me, I'm slightly parched. KFC is now selling in some stores... Little sacks of just the fried chicken skin. No meat. So for you people that just like to pull the skin off of your KFC and eat that extra crispy uh, fried chicken skin, you can buy a sack of that at KFC. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is actually quite disgusting. And it's a thousand times better than eating roadkill. You don't need to eat the roadkill. Just head over to KFC, get yourself a sack of skin. And when you say it like that, you kind of throw up in the back of your mouth a little bit. Yeah, can I please get one sack of fried skin? Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I do eat the skin off my chicken, my fried chicken. I don't eat all of it. I will pull the skin apart and I'll eat select pieces of it and then I'll dive into the chicken because you're there for the chicken. Uh, but apparently, you know, the, from what I can gather, it's kind of like, uh, reminds me of like those crumblings at the bottom of the box of a Long John Silver, right? Which, let's just be honest, those are actually good. I haven't had Long Johns in a couple of years, but back when I was hitting Long Johns frequently, 
yeah, I would for, I would get in there and scoop all of that stuff up because that stuff is good. I don't see myself going into KFC for a sack of skin. But if you do head over to KFC and they happen to run out of skin, could you do yourself do the world a favor and, and, and just calm down about it? Maybe not call the cops. The reason why I say that is because the next story involves a fast food restaurant, but it's 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 a story in which a guy kind of went a little bit a loco. Okay. There's a KFC, or a, I'm sorry, a Taco Bell in Louisiana. Guy rocks up to the Taco Bell in Louisiana and comes to find out that this particular Taco Bell has run out of both soft and crunchy shells. Had a run, we ran out of shit, they didn't restock us, sorry, can't make you taco. And some lunatic called the police, called 911. Called the popo because the Taco Bell ran out of shelves. Now, I am a taco lover. I can understand being distraught over their lack of taco shells. I can understand it ruining your day. I truly can. That's that's a moment, that's a game-changing moment that could send you through the rest of your day just wondering what in the hell just took place. But the popo don't need to be involved. Not for something like that. You save the popo for big shit, okay? Popo is meant for when you really, really need some big shit. I, case in point. Case in point. Um, let me find it here real quick. Clearwater, Florida. Always a Florida story. Guy wakes up. Strolling through his house. Comes across an 11-foot gator. Apparently, he had a low window, ground-level window, somewhere at his house that the gator smashed through and was just in his house. That's when you need the cops. That is when you need the police in a big-time way, not when the Taco Bell runs out of taco shells. And, oh, by the way, the case out of Clearwater, Florida, in which that gentleman had an alligator just roaming through his house... That is example number 12,864,245 as to why I live where the air hurts my motherfucking face for four months out of the year. I ain't got no gators nowhere. I am not running the risk of being eaten by a gator because I had a 2 a.m. piss run. Uh Uh-uh. No. So you got nothing but hot air all year round. You have intense humidity, you get no snow, and you have free-roaming gators. Hell to the no. Cop, come get this gator out of my house. That's what you need the cops for. Right there. And just so that everybody's aware, just because you called the cops doesn't mean that everything's going to go smooth. There's another case in point this week. I don't know if you saw the video of it. If you didn't see the video of it, you got to go see it. 74-year-old woman hiking in Arizona. (coughs) Gets injured. They got to airlift her out of there. They put her on one of those red, stiff stretchers. They strap her in. They put her, bungee her to the bottom of the helicopter. They begin to winch her up. And the the gurney or the the board that she's on is just starts spinning like the propellers on the helicopter are. And it gets... I mean, cooking, cooking. That is some, 
if she didn't pass out from that, then she went through one hell of a ride. Like, you just got to close your eyes and hope to God it stops at some point in time. It is the craziest footage of a rescue I think I've ever seen. It was smoking. The only hope that one could have is that she actually lost consciousness during the spinning and didn't actually remember any of it because I it, it is intense to imagine what was going on. And at the age of 74, already injured in the hot sun in the Arizona desert. Wowzers. Wowzers. Luckily, she made it out okay. Everything, they said, you know, when she got to the hospital, she was fine. But in the moment, you got to wonder what was going through her head. Anyway, I'm going to completely change topics. I'm going to completely change moods on you because I want to talk about something out of Australia. As a matter of fact, I want to talk about somebody out of Australia. I want to talk to you guys about 27-year-old Margarita Tamavska. Tomovska, T-O-M-O-V-S-K-A. She has been labeled the Mercedes mom. She lives in Australia. She's 27 years old. Apparently, she led the uh, police on a 200-mile-per-hour chase in a $260,000 sports car with her 3-year-old daughter in the back seat. Apparently, she gained interest through Instagram when pictures of her surfaced appearing for court for that incident in a $2,600 dress with designer shoes and a designer bag and done to the nines like she was going out to the club. She became internet famous. And we all know how I feel about Instagram influencer people. It's moronic to make people like this famous. And this is another example of that bullshit. Okay? Because that's exactly what it is. It's bullshit. And you know something? A guy grows, goes through his life, real quickly, a guy goes through his life, has not, this has nothing to do with this topic, just, just allow me this. A guy goes through his life and he hopes that his children grow up and then date and eventually marry people who you like. You never want to have a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law who's an asshole. Now, none of my children are getting married, and for those of you who are listening, none of them will in the near future. You guys got to get some, some life under your belt. But my oldest daughter is dating a gentleman by the name of Nathan who is a cool stand-up guy, and I like him a lot. And I've talked to him about this shit. And he's in total agreement with me, with me about the Instagram influencers, and you couldn't ask for more than that out of your daughter's boyfriend. Because Instagram influencers are fucking stupid, and we need to make, stop making fucking moronic people famous. Anyway, back to the story. 27-year-old Margarita Tamavska of Australia. So she becomes famous because she goes to this court appearance dressed to the nines. But then she gets stopped again and again. Why? Because apparently Margarita likes to stand on the vertical pedal on the right and make car go vroom vroom. So she says she's now getting quote unquote police harassment. Police harassment. Police harassment. Okay, no, you don't know how to drive. That's not police harassment. You're just a dumbass. Anyway, where it gets even better is where she says that this quote-unquote police harassment is causing her to not be able to get a job. So, Margarita set herself up a GoFundMe page in which she told people 
that she needs $100,000 just to be able to keep going on her life that she's used to with quarter of a million dollar cars and $5,000 purses and $2,600 dresses because she can't afford it because she can't get a job because the police are harassing her. So she needs you to go to her GoFundMe page. And what she'll do is she'll dress nice and pretty for you on the Instagram so that you guys can go enjoy her pictures. But go to the GoFundMe page and donate what you can so that she could just continue to live. Margarita, I know we don't know each other. You're in Australia. I'm in the south suburbs of Chicago, southwest suburbs of Chicago. So I know that my advice doesn't hold a lot of weight with you, but... This is my advice to you. Unfuck yourself immediately. I wouldn't give you a fucking penny for anything. You are useless to society. You are a money-grubbing taker. That's what you are. Now, thankfully... This waste of human skin cells has only managed to draw $175 of her $100,000 total. Thank God. Don't give this woman a fucking dime. Not a fucking dime. These are the kind of people that prey off of stupid people. So I want to know who the dumbasses are that have already ponied up $175 for this broad. Because each one of you should be publicly flogged. Why in the hell would you give this vapid bitch a dime of your money? She wants to be lavished in the best of everything, not do a damn thing for it, and have everybody wait on her hand and foot. And she wants to do so with your money for doing nothing. For offering the world zero value. What do you do, Instagram influencers? What is it that you do? Oh, I can get you more likes on Instagram. Likes aren't worth my dignity. What else do you bring to the table? What, you look good in a bathing suit? Who gives a fuck? Honestly, who gives a rat's ass? Don't give the Mercedes mom a dime. If you do, I apologize for saying this. If it hurts your delicate little sensitivities, but you're a fucking dumbass if you give them a shade. Whoever ponied up 175 bucks have got to be the single dumbest group of individuals on the planet. Go get a job, bitch. Pick up a broom and learn how to sweep a floor if you have no skills and work your way up, you know, like the rest of society. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. These people just drive me absolutely batshit. They drive me absolutely batshit. There is only one group of people, however, that drive me more batshit than Instagram influencers. And Instagram influencers are right, right, right at the top of the list. I get contacted by Instagram influencers with direct messages all the time. I can get you so many likes. I can get, you want me to put your podcast on my Instagram page? It'll cost you X amount of money. 
So you're going to do what I do. But I'm going to pay you to do it. Because I put it on Instagram. Well, yeah, but I have more followers. Right. I'll build an organic following. I don't give a fuck how many followers you have. I'll build an organic following just like you built a following. I'm not giving you 150 bucks, 300 bucks, 500 bucks to put my podcast on your Instagram. All you're doing is, is living a, a work-free life off of other people's stupidity. You offer nothing. Piss off and get a real job. That's what I'm talking And I know I come from a blue-collar background. But that, you know, I, talking about my daughter's boyfriend. He turns wrenches for a living. He's a mechanic. I got 10 million more times the amount of respect for anybody that'll go into a hot shop and turn wrenches for 10 hours a day to make a living and put a roof over his family's head than I do for anybody with the last name Kardashian. You, you offer the world nothing. But like I said, there's one group that I hate more than that. And there's going to be some people, there are going to be some people out there that go, wait, that, that's me. Uh, when I talk about this next group of people. But I'm sorry, it's how I feel about it. So <clears throat> stop following me if, that, if it pisses you off, if you happen to be one of these people. But I absolutely fucking despise telephone salespeople. First things first, I understand it's a job and everybody's got to do a job and products need to be sold. I get it. I have much less of a problem when it's we're taking a poll about a topic. Yeah, okay, you're calling around asking for uh, people's opinion. No big deal. You're calling to sell me something, that's when it pisses me off. If I want to buy something, I'll go find the person selling it and then I'll ask that person what they're selling it for, and I'll see if I can afford it. I don't want to be called and have sales pitch after sales pitch after sales pitch after sales pitch. One of the worst of these is to extend your auto warranty. But they all suck. Every last one of them. And the ones that are extraordinarily bad at it, the ones who make my blood boil from the word go, are the ones when the phone call goes like this. I see a number... I pick up the phone. Hello? And the, and the person on the other end says, Tom, what's going on? I'm sorry, do I know you? Who's this? Tom, this is Jeff, and I'm, I'm calling from blah, blah, blah. No. We stop you right there. If you're a telephone salesperson and you're listening to this, or if you're listening to this and you know a telephone salesperson, take this podcast to them at this point in the show and let them listen to this. If... You are one of the unfortunate people that have the shit task of being a telephone salesperson. I apologize for your life not turning out the way you thought it was going to be. I'm never going to buy anything from you, though. Ever. And I will definitely not only not buy anything from you, but tell every human being I know not to buy anything from you. If you start your sales pitch... As if we're old friends from school that haven't talked to each other in a while. Hey, Tom, what's going on, man? No, that's something my friends say to me that I haven't talked to in a couple of weeks on the phone. Tom, what's going on, man? No, I don't know you. You don't know me. You ain't my fucking friend. I ain't your pal. I don't mean to be so 
cold and crass about it, but that's how I feel. You definitely don't start a sales pitch with that. I'm not going to buy anything from you if you start it the normal way, but at least the normal way is the normal way of doing it. Yes, hello, I'm looking for Tom. Yes, this is Tom. May I ask who's calling? Tom, my name is so-and-so from such-and-such. Let me stop you right there. I'm not buying it, but thank you for not pretending to be my friend. You guys that are out there doing that shit thinking it's going to get you more sales, fuck you and the horse you rode in on. Fuck everything you stand for. I would never buy anything from you. I wouldn't buy a glass of water from you if I was in the middle of the Sahara Desert because you're an asshole. You're trying to come off as everybody's friend. And that's... Come off as somebody selling a product. Do your job. Don't try and be my friend. Because everybody knows the truth. When it's all said and done, you don't give a rat's ass about the people you're selling to. You're not going to be their friend. You're going to be their salesperson. Very few salespeople are friends. My guy who lives across the street, Mike, he's a salesman and he's a friend. That's a different story because we became friends first and then the salesman customer routine came. But he didn't come off trying to be my friend, trying to sell me one of his products. But every Tom, Dick, and Harry seems to think that's the way they're going to approach their sales calls with me. I'm telling you right now, I will fucking put the phone down and put on a fucking concert for you to listen to for the next 72 hours before I'll buy anything from you. And if you don't stop with the bullshit, if you're one of those people that then call and call and call and call, you know what I do back to you? Then I call you all hours of the day, all hours of the night. I just keep calling you and tying up your phone. So so quit being a prick. I'm sorry that you're in one of the worst jobs ever. But quit being a fucking prick. Do a normal fucking sales call. Like a normal fucking human being. And stop pissing people off. It's that simple. Alright, sorry to end so abruptly and harshly, but that's all I got for you guys this week. I want you guys to enjoy your weekend, enjoy your week. I'm going to be putting the final touches on uh, a Jamaica trip coming up in now six short months. Okay? So I got a little bit of a day ahead of me. As always, stay grateful. Now enjoy a little bit of the Friday song.